Hi, this is Brett and welcome to Optimize. On today's episode, I want to share with you why knowing your customer is the most profitable marketing plan you can ever have. So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us who have too much to do and too little time able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. So a lot of times as marketers, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we focus on the idea of what should we do from the perspective of marketing. At the end of the day, we've got to get our message out. We've got to be able to get customers and we've got to be able to promote our products so we can make sales and grow our business and and earn profit. And so a lot of times marketing plans are focused on the specific ideas of what sort of media we're going to use for advertising or promotion, um, what sort of messaging we want to use, maybe various campaigns. But there's an interesting thing. Um, I want to share a story with you and then I'll connect it back to this why I think that's sort of doing things in reverse or putting it in the wrong order. So I was listening to, or maybe I was watching a program, I think it was, a few years back, and they were having a discussion. That it was a news show, and the, and the host was talking to a guest that had called in. And they were talking about the challenge about feeding kids healthy food. You know, it was all about, like, health food and you know, why, um, you know, eating in schools and things like that. You know, the school food was, the challenge is that they can't get school food that's healthy for the price that they would need to charge because they have to make it cheap enough so everyone could afford it. And so the discussion was centered around how you could make affordable, economical, and quick enough healthy food for kids to eat. And, and adults too, but the primary focus was kids. And I'll never forget this because they posed the question and the woman, um, she was an older woman who clearly, you know, had, um, you know, been around for quite some time and had seen a lot. And she said, oh, you know, I think that this stuff is, is, you know, way blown out of proportion. I just think people need to be creative. You know, for example, all you have to do is take your cast iron spoon, crack an egg in it put some like vegetables and stuff like that and just cook it right over your hearth. And I remember my jaw must have fallen open because as I sat there and I thought about that and I thought about how out of touch this lady was with reality. First of all, such a small percentage of people ever even have the luxury of being able to afford a hearth or, you know, cast iron spoons where they're going to be cooking their own breakfast it, it, it just, it, it smacked me of somebody that's never had the problem trying to give people an answer to the problem. You know, um, well, geez, you know, I don't understand why people fall behind on their mortgage. Why not just write a check for the mortgage? Obviously, if it were that easy, everybody would do it. The reality of it is she clearly came from a position of privilege and didn't have an understanding you know, um, of what some people go through. You know, one in five children in the United States goes to school hungry in the morning. 
It's not because they're not cooking an egg over their hearth. It's because they literally don't have enough food or they don't have the parental guidance to get the food that they need in order to, to eat. And so to me, it, it, it smacked as tone deaf. It smacked as someone who had no concept of who her audience or her market was. And by the way, that wasn't my situation. You know, I was a, uh, you know, grew up never wanting for anything. I came from a very average, uh, mediocre upbringing, but I, I wasn't, uh, you know, poor or wanting for anything. And even I recognized how absurd the suggestion was and how out of touch she was with the vast majority of the people that were probably listening and watching the show. You know, maybe 10% of the people that were listening would even be able to entertain this ridiculous idea. And so it, it brings me back to the idea of knowing your customer because she wasn't selling anything to be sure. You know, it wasn't a business and she wasn't trying to market anything. And her heart was in the right place. She was trying to give people a fast and easy way where you could very easily create something that was healthy to eat and quick and inexpensive also for that matter. But it just didn't, you know, it just it just didn't ring true to the to the audience. And so as a business owner, as someone who has products and services to sell or whatever, um, you know, the danger or the risk for us is that we focus on our product and its features and its benefits and all the stuff that it does. And it makes sense because we're invested in that. We love that. It's what we do. But the reality of it is our customer doesn't care. You know, our customer does not care how many features or bells and whistles. What they care is what is it going to do for me? You know, uh, another story that is business related and, and sort of smacks to the point a little bit closer at home. When I was working in um, tech consulting in the city, we had hired a new uh, branch manager. So his primary job was to do um, sales and to build the business profile. And coincidentally, we had just moved into the Chrysler Building in New York, which is one of the iconic landmarks. We had an office on the 63rd floor. Uh, it was pretty awesome. You needed a card key just to be able to get up there. There's no, uh, unlike the Empire State Building, which is the most famous of the buildings. Um, interestingly, a uh, little New York history for you. If you ever watch uh, movies or TV programs or whatever about New York, most often the building they show is actually the Chrysler Building. It's the one that has a, um, a metal top on it that goes in, into a point and, and, it sh and it lights up at night. The big square one is actually the Empire State Building with a big needle on the top. But a lot of people confuse those two because the Empire State Building is more famous in terms of the name. But the Chrysler Building is actually the more famous iconic landmark. Um, anyway, I digress. The point I was getting at is that we had a great new office and we were all very excited about it and all that. So I went on a sales call with our new branch manager and we went to, you know, one of our one of our good long-standing clients and you know, he was getting to know them because the old salesperson had left. And we sit down at the table and he proceeds to go on and on about how we have an office in the Chrysler building and how great it is and how cool everything and I'm thinking to myself as I'm sitting there, this guy does not care where our office is. If anything, he's going to be saying, if you can afford that kind of real estate, I must be getting overcharged. So if anything, you'd want to downplay it. You certainly wouldn't want to sell that 
as you know, a selling point for what you're doing. So we tried to quickly shift the conversation back to what value we could provide for the customer. Because again, it was, it was a, you know, it, it wasn't a mistake based in malice or based in lack of care. The guy was eager, he was new, he was excited, and he wanted to share it. And that was really all it was. But he wasn't taking into account his audience. His audience was a customer who writes a check to us every month for the consultants we have at his place. He's not interested in what we're spending money on and an office that he'll never come see. So we need to keep it customer focused. And so if you have a product, if you have a service, whatever your business is, your customers don't care where your office space is. Your customers don't care whether you bought a new boat or live in a big house or whatever. If anything, like I said, they're going to be concerned by the fact that maybe they're getting overcharged. So we want to focus on our customer and make sure that the focus is always on how they benefit by doing business with us. We're always selling and we're selling in a way that tells the person you're doing business with the right person, with the right company, with the right organization. And so um, knowing your customer is the most important because I showed you or explain to you a couple of examples of the pitfalls of going against it. You know, the woman turned off the audience. This guy turned off this particular client. But worse, if you're doing that from a marketing perspective, right, and you are creating beautiful marketing campaigns, and you have really clever copywriting, and you have gorgeous graphic design, and beautiful video production, top of the line everything, and you buy all the best ad spots, and you have a big budget, and all this other stuff, and you market it to the wrong audience, or you are tone deaf to what they care about, you are wasting your money, and you're dooming your company to failure. Every industry is either already overly competitive or will be if there's easy money to be made because sharks will get there and it will reach a level of saturation until it gets to a point where you need to be uh, more sophisticated in the way you market to your, mar to your customer in order to be successful. You know, when Facebook ads started, you could throw any ad up there and, you know, with a funny cat video and you could get some results. Now that stuff is a joke. You would never get any results with that. Now they're studio produced videos. They're super ad budgets. They're sophisticated sales funnels with six different levels and tripwire offers and all this other stuff in there. If you don't have that level of sophistication or you aren't building toward that, you will eventually be run out of business. And so even if sort of a beat them over the head strategy works in the short term, um, it's not going to work long term. Your competitors are going to squeeze you out. When you know your customer really well, if we flip this and we know our customer really well and we know what it is that their hopes and dreams are, what it is that keeps them up at night, what it is that worries them, what it is that, you know, makes them, you know, get up in the morning, go to work you know, what they think about at night before they go to bed, what they think about in the morning, the discussions they have around their dinner table, the discussions they have with their friends. When we know these things and the things that motivate people that are in our market, now we have the good stuff. Now we have the stuff that we can tap into without brilliant marketing because you're speaking directly to them. You know, in the, um, 
The interesting thing in the online world is that everything is open and on display. And so when you look at uh, various offers and products being sold and websites, you can compare them very easily. You know, there's no um, direct mail campaign where they're sending stuff out. And if you're not on the list, you'll never see it. You can see everybody's website. You can see their sales pitch. You can buy their products that go through their sales funnel. So everything is transparent. And success leaves clues. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, I find this really fascinating, but in my own industry, uh, in software, you know, there are products that sell that have absolutely gorgeous visuals. The, the, the presentation of the sales page and everything is really fabulous. And yet, the conversion rate is not very good, even if the sales letter is written well. Because if I'm not looking at it from a customer, I'm just looking at it from a marketer, I can evaluate it based on those criteria. And I can tell you, some of them are very impressive and don't sell very well. Then there are some that look like somebody to ask their 12-year-old kid to help them put it together, slap it together, and it sells like crazy. Why is that? Because at the end of the day, it isn't about how glamorous it is. That will help if you already have the right message. But the message is the king in the castle. The message that, that strikes at the core of what your customer wants, needs, fears, dreams about is the thing, the solution that you offer them is far more powerful than anything else. And so it's the most important thing you can do in your business. If, you, if you're trying to devise marketing plans or figure out how to grow your business is to get to know your customer as well as you can. Survey them do case studies, offer bonuses or gifts or whatever to do, you know, questionnaires, whatever you need to do, focus groups, beta testers, get some honest feedback and get to know them on a level that really helps you understand who they are and build as clear an avatar as you can. Because when you know that, all of the rest of the equation becomes so much easier. It's a super powerful and you know, super overlooked element of marketing because we all want to just believe that if we focus on sort of getting a fancier sales page or a more professional video, you know, with better background music, like that is going to be the key to sales. And it's not. The key to sales is solving customers' problems. So get to know your customer as well as you possibly can and then try to solve their problems and help them achieve their goals and dreams. And that will take you further than anything else ever will. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.